Des Moines. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. Back in the 11 o'clock hour, it's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, momentarily Bill Bender from Sporting News. Uh, David Kaplan coming up this hour as well. We'll take a look back. What went wrong with the Cubs and who's going to be left standing amongst the topics we'll get into with Cappy. He's coming up about 11, 20, 11, 25 or so, as promised. Bill Bender right now as we go around college football. Bill, Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. Bill Bender, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well, Ken. Trent, thank you. I oh, appreciate you coming on. Great to talk to you. Uh, well, in, into October we go. Bill, let's start with this. What did you learn in the month of September when it comes to college football? Uh, there's a couple more teams other than Clemson and Alabama that might be able to say they can do it. Um, Ohio State, namely. They've looked like the most complete team in the country so far. Um, you know, LSU. I, I would probably have LSU four. Had they done the rankings last night? Mm-hmm. I probably would have won Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, LSU. How would, what have you, what would you guys have done? Well, Oklahoma's impressed me so far. I know Georgia. See, here's where, here's what we talked about this yesterday, Bill. Let me run this by. And again, we got a lot of football to play in the first college rankings. And I read your piece at sportingnews.com. I know that we don't get them until the first Tuesday in November and then we get them for five weeks. But, you know, there's, it, it, it doesn't look, at least as we sit here today, the two teams from the SEC are going to get bursts. If Ohio State prevails, if Oklahoma comes out of it, uh, I believe that those two schools are going to get a bid. Then the ACC is going to put in Clemson. The SEC is going to put in their champ. We may not have two teams from the from the same conference this year, Bill. What I'm getting out of it is a couple one-loss teams might not make the playoff. Right. So I think that puts the pressure on We always talk about how teams – how many teams are going to go undefeated, that kind of thing. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, Maybe it's more unbeaten this year is what it takes because I think once you lose a game, you, you leave yourself open to be left out. That's why that Clemson-North Carolina game was so huge Saturday for them to escape with a win. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, it was a terrific finish. So did you learn more, back to Ohio State and Saturday night, did you learn more about Ohio State or Nebraska watching that dismantling? Probably Ohio State. Just truly great teams do that when, when they go on the road in the game day environment. And Nebraska was fired up, and, and they just destroyed them. And that game was over pretty quickly and pretty mercilessly. So, I, you know, I say that, and, and here's the caution in doing that. Game, is that all, yeah, we know Ohio State's really good, but they've got to play Wisconsin and Michigan State and Penn State, and Michigan will still give them a good shot. So there's always that risk of overhyping a team like that, and that's how they got caught the last two years. But I just think they look like the most complete team, offense, defense, special teams, running the football, doing everything right, checking everything, checking every box right now. Bill, if you're putting together rankings, and it's supposed to be for 2019 only, I think it's pretty cut and dry. The best team in the country is LSU. They have gone on the road to beat Texas. They've gone on the road and demolished Vandy. We see this offense look completely different than what LSU has ever looked like before. 
This is the best team in the country with the best collection of wins of anybody, yet here they are fifth or sixth. It's year after year we fall into the same trap, your preseason projection, whatever it may be. Shouldn't LSU, I, I'm just shocked right now as we saw Clemson lose a lot of votes last week, that LSU is not getting more love. No, I, I, yeah, I mean, you can make that argument, and it's, it's not a bad one. I still think Alabama's the best team in the country. I, I think is <clears throat> playing at an incredible level. I think they have a group of receivers that, you know, I, I'm going to have to go and look at it. But, I mean, I think they stack up with the Miami teams that had Reggie Wayne and Andre Johnson and Santana Moss and those guys. I think they're that good. And I know how bold that is to say that, but, I mean, Devontae Smith's like their number four, and he had 273 yards and five touchdowns last week. So I just don't know. I think that, but to your point, Frank, LSU, Alabama's going to be highly entertaining. No. And Auburn, you could make the argument that Auburn has the best resume right now. They beat Oregon, they beat Texas A&M on the road. Mm-hmm. They might be a tough, they could have a chance to be the top 10 team this week. Interesting. Bill Benner from the Sporting News is our guest. Bill, back to uh, what did we learn in September? Who's the team that uh, uh, that is better than you thought that they were going to be? And conversely, who did the, who's the team that you thought was going to be better? At least their start has said that maybe uh, you overestimated them. Well, I mean, Auburn's better than everybody thought. You know, they they don't look just like a team that might pick off somebody. They kind of look like if Bo Nix can develop, they could be a playoff team. Um, you know, in the Big Ten, a lot of people want to say Michigan, but, I mean, they lost one game. I think Northwestern's been a disappointment yep. um, in September, given the expectations around trying to build off winning the division. And now, you know, that division looks like it, it's so, you know, and, and you guys appreciate it, and I appreciate it because we grew up in this part of the country. But and the fact that Wisconsin and Iowa are going to decide the Big Ten West is almost perfect because that's mm-hmm. what those two teams stay true to who they are. Bill Better joining us from the Sporting News. All right, Bill. Let's jump to this week, and speaking of Michigan, we will get to see them here in our state as the Hawkeyes make their way to Ann Arbor to take on the Wolverines. It feels like Iowa may be better than we anticipated. Michigan, a step back here. What do you anticipate you're going to see on Saturday? A good football game. I think it's going to be tight. Um, Both teams do. You know, where Michigan probably doesn't do some things that Iowa does well, they make up for in terms of, I think Michigan might be a little more talented. Than, Alabama, or than Iowa, but I think Iowa with an experienced quarterback on the road, he's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna lose his composure. Um, Michigan's front seven probably isn't as good as Iowa's front seven, but I think Michigan's perimeter guys on offense are gonna make some plays. I picked Michigan to win, but I like I. I mean, five points to me is too big of a spread. I think mm-hmm. this is a field goal game either way, and. Uh, you know, it, it, this is one of those series, as you guys know, where Michigan typically has trouble playing at Kinnick, and then Iowa typically has trouble mm-hmm. playing in the big house, with the exception of, I do remember that 34-9 to game there in 2003. That, if Iowa makes that kind of statement, then you'll know the Hawkeyes were for real, like you did that year. Uh, Bill, I like to watch the Pac-12 when it's available. They had a, bi- a good weekend last week as far as their television windows and not going up against some mammoth games. Uh, so I watched a lot of Pac-12 last week. Who's going to prevail out of that conference, and will it make a difference playoff-wise? Um, you know, I, I think Oregon and Washington, if, if somebody can survive out of those two with one loss, it might be okay. Uh, Utah, uh, what hurts them is they lost to USC, and... Uh, Washington beat USC, but I think beating USC still has some weight, whether that's 
fair or unfair. Um, I still like Oregon, though. I think Oregon's going to end up winning that conference, and they're going to kick themselves about that Auburn loss. But at the same time, if Auburn keeps winning, maybe the committee will forgive that a little bit. And I think you've you got to look at the Ducks as the team that, you know, they've been to the playoff before. Maybe they can do it again. Bill, uh, one last thing for me. I'll let Ken finish up with you here as we go around college football. And it is already happening, the first firing of the year in a major conference as Rutgers, Chris Ash, moving his way out. Who else are you looking at you believe is going to be in the unemployment line, though they don't have to exactly jump there with the buyouts in college football? Who do you think is uh, some of the names that you're looking at that aren't going to be with us for 2020? I mean, Lovey showed a little bit of progress on yeah. him. I just think, you know, Clay Helton's the one to watch yep. because if they lose badly to Notre Dame, you'll kind of like start to put the pieces together there. Um, you know, I I don't think Willie Taggart will get fired. They seem to have uh, kind of figured things out a little bit, whereas Virginia Tech's messy with Fuente. That's another one to watch, um, especially if they don't make a bowl game. But, yeah, I mean, that, these are – I would not have guessed Chris Ash in the first fired pool, even though I knew where Rutgers was as a program. But at the fact that they pulled that trigger, you know, after a Michigan loss, that tells you the state of the program. It'd be interesting if Shiano or Butch Jones ends up with that job. Maybe they can get them going a little bit. Uh, yeah, Shiano's certainly been uh, – he seems to be the front runner if he wants it, apparently. We, we shall see. Bill, last thing for me, Heisman voters, will they – punish Jalen Hurts because of the fact that Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray both won it in uh, the, the previous two years. Will Heisman voters look at Hurts and say, well, we can't give an Oklahoma vote, an Oklahoma quarterback, uh, give him a Heisman for the third straight year uh, an Oklahoma QB wins it. Will they punish him, do you think, or will they do the right thing if he's the right guy? I mean, I have a vote. I, if I was voting this week, it, it, it'd be the same tough decision I had last year. I voted for Tua last year over Kyler. And then, like, right now, if I was voting between Hurts and Tua, I would probably vote for Hurts right now. It's like, I just tell people, it's kind of like currency. And I don't know how the euro works. I'm not that smart. <laughs> right. But I know that the, the big tool stats, versus like the SEC and the Big Ten stats, there's an inflation right there. And it's trying to figure that out a little bit. But I watched Oklahoma last week. And the way he got the ball downfield to C.D. Lamb and Charleston Rambo, he is playing great football, and it should be recognized. And I would have no problem with the voters voting in the Heisman. And if, it's, if it comes down to Jalen and Tua, I'm all for that because that means us writers are going to get a couple pages out of that. Hmm. Bill, big, <laughs> pic- you will. <laughs> big picture question for you. I lied. I got one more. and It's about the Fair Pay to Play Act that has been passed with California going to leave it open-ended just your thoughts on this one and you know people have been talking about is there unintended consequences that go with it there might be um you know i I think i'm all for athletes getting um paid for their likeness because they should and this Mm -hmm. in theory this is going to benefit you know lebron LeBron talked about it well this doesn't benefit the lebron jameses this benefits the guys like i'll give you this why this Iowa guy talking about him? Like a Brad Banks, who did so much for Iowa, didn't really have an NFL career. But the guys like that, right? That they, they mm-hmm. do so much for their college and maybe don't get something for it. The Tom, Tommy Frazier, I know we talked about him a couple weeks ago. Those guys would benefit from this, and they should benefit from this. So I hope we, we get to a point where athletes are allowed to be paid for their likeness, but I hope it's done in a way 
that doesn't get out of control. And I know some people are saying, well, only a handful of teams will, will win. Well, isn't that what we're dealing with now? <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah. You know, you answered a question on Twitter, Bill. 30 seconds, we'll get you out of here. You know, what What athlete that has already graduated would have benefited the most had this been in place when they were in school? I thought your answer, Brian Bosworth, was right. I mean, Tebow's going to jump out, of course, but Bosworth clearly would have been able to capitalize on it. Oh, I mean, the the, the headbands, the haircut, yeah. the, the phenomenon that he created in the 1980s would have made him... Just, I mean, think about how much money he made with the Seahawks just playing for a few years. Yeah. I mean, Bo Jackson is another one, mm-hmm. obviously. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, and that's what it should, and I'm all for it, and I hope we do it responsibly. So, Because all three of us love college football. That's yep. what it's all about. Indeed. Bill, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Bill Bender. Hey, sounds good, guys. Thank you. Yeah, good to talk to you. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. That was a good tw- uh, Twitter question last night in the middle of the game trying to you know, keep up with some of the responses. A- anybody pop into your head? Cam Newton could have been the you know, a laptop spokesman. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, Boz would have made a ton of money. Yeah. Hoiberg today at the Big Ten Media Press Conference, they said, you know, he would have capitalized. He would have made some money when he was in college at Ames. Yes. You know, the mayor of Ames would have had opportunities to... You know, I mean, Hickory Park doesn't need to spend any money on advertising um, because they're full every single night, regardless of what time you go there. But he would have been able to capitalize on. We threw out Megan Gustafson yesterday over mm-hmm. in Iowa City. Seneca Wallace would have been a good one when he played. Um, how about athletes that have come and gone? Josh Keppel. Josh Keppel. Former Iowa offensive lineman. And how would, how would he have capitalized? Well, he got crushed on his moped. Got to be something there, right? And okay. that video that accompanied it as he went flying by, and this the the buzz that was there because of that. Not only maybe a new moped, something like that, but perhaps. So Josh Keppel is going to sell mopeds. Is that what you never know? Could work. I mean, that was during the time that was a huge story, not only locally but nationally because of the video. That went along with it. You're a great sports talk radio host. Marketing, you leave a little bit to be. Oh desired. come on. Josh Keppel, he's the last name I would. Of all the names that have come and gone, that would have. Well, made you're some... trying to find something. I mean, you're trying to. Cam Newton's not selling laptops. <laughs> well, that was a joke. They okay, got caught busted right. for well, stealing. Well, so what's this? Jeez. At least it's Cam Newton. Anyways, all right. So Josh Keppel's your guy. Um, I don't try to answer... have a little fun here. I don't know who the answer would be. I mean, the Tebow's the obvious one, right? Bo Jack. Who are we missing? Peyton Manning. Yeah. I mean, he's, he does everything. He's a great spokesman now. Reggie Bush? Reggie Bush. What would he have sold? Not mopeds. No, not mopeds. Like um, Vorbo, vacation rental by owner, except they didn't pay for his place. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we'll take a timeout. Uh, David Kaplan is coming up. I don't know about you, but I've been looking forward to this since the Cubs have been eliminated. I've been looking forward to it to talk bears. <laughs> Yeah, well, you should. Are you surprised that the Bears are uh, traveling over to the uh, UK as late as they are in the week? You know, you mentioned that to me yesterday, I think it was, yeah. and, and then I said, really? Because teams usually leave right after right the away. game yes. on Sunday, or yes. at the very least Monday morning mm-hmm. early to get acclimated, get the time difference. Maybe this is the... We'll see. I mean, yeah. They're playing the Raiders. I don't know what we'll learn. Raiders showed some moxie last week against Indianapolis. You know what? That's a good point because your Colts, well, your yeah. Colts betting-wise, they're not your Colts, but you've been on them for the first couple of weeks mm-hmm. of the season. Uh, yeah, that was... Um, I don't know. Maybe the, maybe the Raiders are getting up off the mat. Are they the third best team in the AFC West? Boy, I hope so. Yeah. 
You want your Broncos to lose, lose, oh, lose. 0-16 is fine by me. It's time for a rebuild. You do so by getting better draft picks. And then Elway not screwing it up if indeed he's the guy. David Kaplan's the guy. He's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. We'll take a timeout. Cappy joins the program next. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. K- How you can register for free. and ESPN 1000 as uh, we take a look back at the uh, Cubs season. The Bears uh, coming off a nice win in their own right as they head over across the pond. Cap, uh, good to talk to you. Trenton, Ken, how are you, David Kaplan? Uh, good, boys. Nice to talk with you, as always. Indeed. Uh, glad to have you on. So much ground to, uh, to cover with this Cubs team, Cap. And, you know, what? maybe we should just go through the roster, because I know that's what our audience wants. They've all got their favorites if they're Cubs fans. You know, whether that be Albert Amaro or Javier Baez or fill in the blank, John Lester. Everybody's got their favorites, and a lot of them wondering if their guy is going to be back next year. But fair to say there's going to be, what would you say, Cap? Multiple changes? A few changes? Too early to tell where are you well i think there's going to be a lot of change first of all just go start in the bullpen you're not going to bring stroke back you're probably not going to bring c-shack back right uh brandon morrow's not going to be back so i'm just going off you know who's on their 40-man roster mm-hmm. uh, you're probably going to have at least four to five new names down in that pen let's go around the, the diamond before we talk about the starters and you are probably not going to bring Addison Russell back. Nope. I would believe that one of your core four will not be back. I'll bet it's Chris Bryant, but maybe it's not. Jeff Passon said on Waddle and Sylvie yesterday on our station that Chris Bryant's not a star, that he's a good player, but mm-hmm. he's not a star. I have been saying for a while that I think, while I like Chris, I think he's exceptionally overrated and I don't mean that in a negative, like, oh, my God, he's slamming Chris Bryant. I'm not. He's a really good player. But for people that are out there and somebody just wrote in town, he's one of the ten best players in the game. No, he's not. Please. He's not. He's probably not one of the top 25 guys. Certainly not one of the top 20. He's a good player. But I watched video last week of him in 16 and the violent swing that he had and how he is now where – his butt is sticking out, and he looks like he's hitting with all arms. He's just not the same player. He's just not. And so as I look around that diamond, I think there's going to be a ton of change. And then Hamels isn't going to be back. Potentially you'll move another starter out of there. Maybe Kitana goes in a deal after they pick up his option. So if two-fifths of your rotation's not back, if four to six arms in your bullpen's not back, and if at least one core piece, and probably Albert Elmore and Addison Russell aren't back. That's a lot of change, man. What about the outfield, Cap? Well, you can't win with the outfield they currently have. I mean, you just can't. You cannot have an outfield of Jason Hayward out of position in center and then Kyle Schwarber in left. And who's your right fielder? Ian Happ? Castellanos is a free agent. Right. I'm not convinced he's coming back here. Mm-hmm. So if you add all this up, Theo Epstein has got to hit, not a home run. He's got to hit for the cycle this offseason. So, Cap, with that, Javi Baez, and I uh, saw his name mentioned in one of the articles that I was reading. You know, it feels like 
the affinity that Cubs fans have him, maybe even higher than what he would be on the open market. Is that just off-season chatter? Do you really believe there is a chance, any kind of chance, that Javi Baez would be traded away? Yeah, I do. I think Theo is to the point, and unfortunately it took an 84-win season instead mm-hmm. of maybe doing it last winter or being you know, better in how they used their assets after the World Series. I think anything's on the table. I think if the phone rang and Theo said, You're, you want to give me who for Javi? If it's the right deal, I think he makes the move. I do. I'm not saying Javi's going to be gone. I hope he's not because I love watching him play. But I truly believe that Theo Epstein, with two years left on his deal, everything is in play. Yeah, he said so much, as much on uh, at his press conference this season ender on Monday, Cap. Well, let's get to the skipper. We know Joe Madden's out, so let's start there and then let's come, uh, come up with a couple of names. I saw this morning that Girardi says he is indeed interested. David Ross wants to uh, at least uh, kick the tires on this gig should he get the opportunity. But let's start with Joe Madden. Um, reality is set in. He's not coming back. I guess it was a good meeting. They shared a bottle of wine at their, uh, in uh, Theo's hotel room uh, in St. Louis us on Saturday night. Uh, how big of a, a letdown are, are Cubs fans uh, starting? Are they going through remorse right now, Cappy? All that he did to get this team over the hump, he'll always be remembered for that. Is it a state of shock among some, or is reality setting in, you know what, this is the right move to jettison Joe Madden? Well, I think there's a part of the fan base that can't believe a guy won a World Series here, and now we're kicking him to the curb. Uh, I think there's a part of the fan base that weren't all in on Joe Madden, and so they're not heartbroken. And then there is a part of the fan base that's like, hey, man, he did a great job. It's also time for change, so let's go get you know the next thing and fix this thing and get it back on stable footing. So there's probably a bunch of different ways to look at it. Uh, replacements. Girardi make the most sense. David Ross never managed. Do you need a guy in this for this Cubs team? Do you need a guy with experience that's managed before in the big leagues? Well, for me, if you're trying to win next year, and Theo said they are, if they truly look in the mirror and Theo says to Jed and Jason and Tom Ricketts and everybody else up there, it says, hey, man, I think we can win the World Series next year. You know, we stay healthy if we do this or this then I believe you got to hire a veteran guy, a guy who's been in that dugout, who understands dealing with the media, you know, 400 days a year. I mean, 400 times a year. I mean, that's you meet with them before every game mm-hmm. and after, and after yep. every game. So that's north of 300 and what's that, 324. And then you do six weeks of spring training. I mean, you're talking about, if you had in postseason, north of 400 media sessions a year you better understand how that works and not say the wrong thing and understand the role the media plays and i know there are people out there going i don't care about the media that's fine if you're managing in tampa you can have that attitude <laughs> if you're managing chicago new york boston philly uh, where you got massive fan bases and massive media followings you better know how to handle this thing or it can blow up in your face in a second so Yeah, I would hire a veteran guy. For me, and again, I've said it on your show many times, Joe's a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. Joe Girardi is a no-brainer hire. You want more structure? He's structured. You want more discipline? He's disciplined. You want a quality human being? First-class family man? He's all of that. Oh, you want to have a tie to the Cubs? 
He played here two tours of duty. Oh, you want a guy that's won? Well, he's won, what, two or three World Series as a Yankee, as a player, and then he also won as a manager. You want proven experience? He lasted 10 years in that insane pressure cooker of a job as the manager of the New York Yankees. Uh, and I know him as a guy. He wants the job. He is a stud as a person. Like, for me, he's got everything. Everything. And if they don't hire him, I hope they know what they're doing. All right. Can we move on to a, a team that's relevant, Ken? Is, is it all right we go over to the Bears now? Fire away. All they right. are indeed relevant. <laughs> Let's get into the Bears. And certainly a story that is a head-scratcher. What's going on with Roquan Smith? Mm. What can you uh, tell us? I can't tell you anything. I can't. I have used every source I have and every contact I have, and I, honest to God, cannot tell you anything because we are being kept completely in the dark. I mean, I saw all the posts on social media with pictures of a car that was, you know, allegedly his, and then Adam Schefter came on my show and said, uh, no, actually... That's not his car. So if that's true and it's not his car, then we hear Matt Nagy say, you know, it's a strictly a personal matter. Is he depressed? Does he have a family situation? Is he not healthy? I don't know. I cannot answer that question for you. And, and Cap, this came up uh, relatively quickly, right? Because as of Saturday, I don't think the Bears thought he was going to miss Sunday, last Sunday's game against Minnesota. Were they caught off guard by this, how quickly it happened? Do you, do you know that part of the story? Well, they said that he's been acting not himself, was the quote, in the last week prior to the game. So if that's the case, then maybe they weren't blindsided. But I can tell you the fan base and the media certainly was. Victory against the Vikings, 16-6. to They do it without Mitchell Trubisky, who was injured early in the game. Dislocated shoulder. What's the diagnosis? How quickly he will be back and... Well, Chase Daniel was able to get the win on Sunday. Your thoughts on him going forward? Yeah, I look, I like Chase. It's great to have him as the backup, but there's a reason that in nine NFL seasons he started, what, <laughs> four games, five games? So I like him a lot. I think he's really good in the room. I have talked to him before. He's a wonderfully nice man. But is Chase Daniel a guy that you can go eight, ten weeks with if that's how long Mitch's sideline? I don't believe he is. But we're going to find out. I think Nagy's going to shed some more light on Chase and Mitch's situations today. He's going to be on, and uh, we'll hear from him about noon, I believe, 1145, and then we'll find out. But I still, and I just was arguing this with our executive producer, Danny Zetterman, I believe they have to go out and make a trade for a quarterback. Have to. I mean, it's not like should we? Maybe. No. Have to. Because Mitch is now going to be playing where we've already chronicled that he's you know, not developing at the level that everyone wanted to. Now he's going to try and play potentially with a harness on his left shoulder. So that's another impediment. And then you've got Chase Daniel, who he's okay. He had a nice game against the Vikings. Let's not get it twisted here. They didn't even have 200 yards of total offense with him. So... Yeah, they got an amazing defense, good enough to win the Super Bowl. And then what happens if Chase Daniel, God forbid, gets hurt? Mm. The quarterback can go down every week. He goes down, and you want me to trust that Trubisky's coming back and is going to progress while playing with a harness with a partially torn labrum and a partially dislocated shoulder. No shot. I'm going to go see what is the price to get Case Keenum. He's not all pro. 
but he's a professional quarterback. What is the price to get Eli Manning? What is the price to get somebody on one of these bad teams that says, yeah, we can bring at least a guy that could take snaps, and if, God forbid, Chase gets hurt and Mitch isn't able to play, it's not Tyler Bray. Uh, interesting. Cap, what about the division overall? How do you see this thing? Uh, you've, you've seen the Vikings. You've seen the Packers. Um, Detroit you haven't seen yet, at least in person. Might they be, you know, everybody had the Packers and the Vikings as the two teams that the Bears are going to have to finish. Might it be the Lions? Uh, I guess it's possible. I guess it's possible. I mean, you know, the stuff I read says that you put the tape on, and I have not watched the Lions on tape. I, I have the NFL Game Pass, but I have watched them play. I watched them against the Chiefs the other day, and they're okay. They're not great. Now, their record is, you know, a nice start. They should be undefeated. They shouldn't have lost the Chiefs game. They shouldn't have blown the lead against the Arizona Cardinals. So they potentially should have been able to be undefeated. Mm -hmm. They're not for a reason. So we're going to find out how good this team is. But, you know, they certainly have some talent up there. And Stafford's, you know, got a huge arm. Last thing for you, Cap, and it's a personal thing for you, and congratulations, 25 years pre and post doing the Cubs that came to, and came to an end last week. What about the guys, that, the team that you were working with, Cruel and DeJesus and Glanville? Do you expect that they will move on to the marquee? I mean, we know that you're not. You're staying at NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, what about the other three, Cap? Do you think the marquee network uh, scoops them up just to have some familiarity? Have you heard anything? No, I, mean, I don't think they've talked to Marquis, from what I know, and I don't believe Marquis hired any talent other than Len and J.D. So I'm hoping that they land on their feet. Uh, I know David flew home to California yesterday where he spends his offseason. Uh, Doug's back in Connecticut where he lives. And Kelly's here still doing stuff in Chicago. So somehow, some way, I'm sure, because they're all really good, that they will land on their feet. Cap, great stuff. Thank you. We will uh, talk to you uh, a week from today. Appreciate it, pal. Always look forward to it. I always love talking to you guys. And your Thanks, audience Cappy. does as well. Thank you. David Kaplan uh, joining us from Chicago. He's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa, centurionstoneofiowa.com. Right on the landing page, you can tell them about your project to get them started. And what do we get started on? Well, if you're looking for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior or your interior, fireplaces, don't forget about those. Centurion Stone of Iowa, variety of style patterns and colors uh, for your every need. You can go to the showroom. We highly encourage you to go to the showroom, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. In fact, it might be a good idea to start there, then go home and try and get back on the, or not try, get back online, Centurion Stone of Iowa, tell them about the project, or vice versa. Anyways, you'll be glad that you made the choice, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Uh, manufactured stone uh, in hundreds, literally 200 color and pattern combinations. Uh, your thoughts, Chris Bryant seems to be, Trent, as we wrap this up with Cappy here, mm -hmm. uh, Chris Bryant seems to be the most likely of the core four, Contreras, Baez, Rizzo, and, uh, of course, Chris, uh, to be the odd man out. I'm, I'm seeing that from a lot of folks that cover this Cubs team. He's got two years left. He's got Scott Boros. He's going to want a, a huge amount of money. And he's not the same player as he was a couple of years ago. Okay. So you would is it price? Is that what it comes down to here? I think it's fear maybe of what he's going to ask and you know if you're going to move him sooner rather than later, you don't want to have that lack of leverage knowing that he's going to walk. Um he's missed some games. He's he's just banged up 
Trent, I mean, he's still, look, he's still going to, um, his bat's going to connect with some balls and he's going to leave the ballpark, mm-hmm. right? He's You can pencil him in. No, get your pen out. 30-plus most years. But he's he's worth something right now. And if you're retooling, and if we know Cole Hamels isn't coming back, and if Quintana is gone, and if there are many uh, guys that aren't brought back in that bullpen, you need outfield hope. Do you, send, you spend that? Do you spend Bryant's money on Nick Castellanos, who clearly wants to be there and was one of the best pickups of the trade deadline we've seen in the last decade? Bryant, even in a disappointing year, 31 home runs, hit two eighty two on base three eighty two. OPS over 900. That was in a disappointing year. Mm-hmm. You don't have guys with that kind of talent. He's more talented than Kyle Schwarber. His numbers are better. He's more talented for sure than Schwarber, defensively. He certainly, offensively, is better than Javi Baez. Javi Baez has this stranglehold on this Cubs fan base, and they make him out to be one of the best players in baseball. He's good. Mm-hmm. He's the best tagger I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But there are holes in his game. If you can get the same package... Trading away Chris Bryant or Javi Baez, which one makes more sense? Well, here's the other thing: Who are you going to plug in at shortstop? Nico Horner's not the guy. They're going to they're going to move Addison Russell. Is it is it easier to find on this existing roster? I don't know if that answers David Bodie, who they signed I think for a couple more years. I mean, his numbers won't come anywhere close to what Chris Bryant does offensively. But if you're going to shake the team up, if you're going to get something back, you're going to have to give up something. What would be, what would be the more likely avenue? Knowing that you, you know, if you're going to trade bias, who's going to play shortstop? These are tough questions. Yeah, no doubt. I would not like to be Jed and Theo right now, and maybe they won't have to answer them if Theo takes the Red Sox. Uh, I think he's. You know what? And that certainly was uh, being speculated, being tossed around out there. But I think he's. Uh, you know, listening to him, I would be I would be surprised now if he moves at this point. Yeah. Anyways, all right, we'll take a time out. We'll come back. We'll finish up the program. Uh, how about the Bears? So just one more thing. Uh, Cap wants a Cap wants a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Chase Daniel is kind of. You mean he's right? We've seen backups get in and have one or two good games, sure. and then the league catches up with them again, and they look like uh, we, well, we know the reason that they are the backup quarterback. Um, but who's out there to go get? Uh, n- nobody that really right? inspires much confidence. I have as much confidence in Chase Daniel as any of the game guys that he talked about. And, and with that defense, Trent, do you, do you, I mean, again, we keep going back to that same guy in 2000, right, mm-hmm. who was the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens when they had a defense that was as good as we've seen in a long, long time. Well, you know what? <laughs> this Bears defense in 2019 looks as though they're as good as we've seen in a long, long time. And defense still wins championships. Go back to 2015. It wasn't the offense. It wasn't Peyton Manning and his offense. It was that Denver defense that got them over the hump. Uh, we'll take a time out. Come back, finish up. Who do we like tonight? The American League wild card. Boy, this that that we go back to last night. Uh, that was a fun game to watch, mm-hmm. man. Boy, that was fun. We'll come back. Uh, Miller and Condon. Don't forget, uh, we've been telling you about this all morning. Go to kxno.com, the contest page. If you want to win two tickets to see Penn State, it's sold out. And Iowa contest page. It's very simple, folks. One entry per person. Uh, how many points will be scored in this week's game? Michigan versus Iowa. It's closest without going over. We don't need to know who the winner is. Just how many total points? Closest without going over. Uh, if uh, you're the only one, of course, you'll get the tickets. If there's a couple of you, we'll go to the tiebreaker. That question is on there as well. KXNO.com. Uh, click on the contest link. Do your duty. Get it filled out. Perhaps you'll be at Kinnick Stadium with a couple of really good ducats to see uh, the Nittany Lions under the lights. Back with more after this, 1460. On Hickman Road in Clive.
providing your midday sports fix. It's Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon. Final few minutes of a Wednesday edition here. Thanks for being with us. If you miss any of our guests and you'd like to hear them again, uh, you can go to KXNO.com and click on the podcast link. Trent, you tweeted out the uh, local NFL uh, NFL uh, television maps mm-hmm. for Sunday. Uh, boy, it's a tough choice on Fox, right? I mean, look at there. There's really, as far as CBS, the uh, they only get one game, so the early game is going to be shown here, and we are going to see New England at Washington. That's ho hum. But here's the one that makes you scratch your head a little bit. Vikings at Giants or Bears versus Oakland in London. And locally, KDSM is going to serve us up the Vikings and the Giants. Is that the right move? I personally don't believe now, so. Now, can you take off your Bears fandom glasses well, for I'd a also minute? have to take off my, uh, my headphones to get my Bears cap off here. So, <laughs> Raiders played well last week. Uh-huh. They certainly have more buzz locally than the Giants do. You'd sure. think there's more Raider yes, fans in sure. Central Iowa than there is Giants. Absolutely. Raiders are and, one and of the- Bears or Vikings are coin flip. We've talked about mm-hmm. this before. It, it is incredibly close between the four teams. I think that's the way. Plus, it's London. It's a different venue. Yeah, I I think they miss swing and a miss. I do too. I think they miss. I think that they should, we should have the London game here. Well, Dick Stockton, Mark Schlereth of the Bears game. Sam Rosen, who's been calling games forever, as has Dick Stockton. As is, yeah, they both have. Sam Rosen does the New York Rangers. Oh, really? Yeah, eighty-two games a year. He flies around, does NHL. Really? And he's, I mean, he's got to be in his eighties, anyways. And then the late game on Fox. Everybody's getting this one. Yes, Green Bay and Dallas. Oh my God, what a game that is. Potentially uh, going to be all right. And even Reister, uh, does he get the choice at KCCI? Was it Andy Garman before? And now Reister and you know, you know Fox doesn't really have a sports director with their connection with WHO. It's not like Keith. I don't think is making those decisions. No, you know that's a good question. I, at one time, I did know because Garman used to have input, and he said early in the week they have to. You've got to make your decision by Monday or whatever Tuesday, and their corporate can say no. You're you're taking mm-hmm. this game. Or the big CBS can say, no, you're taking this, right? whatever it may be. But I do, yeah, we should get Rice around sometime. Be good to talk with him and ask those kind of questions. I always find that part of it interesting, what kind of pull for the NFL those guys have. But even with that, isn't Baltimore-Pittsburgh, isn't that a better game? Well, he certainly used to be. I mean, that, yeah. that's been that's been the rivalry of this century. Is that what we call it when we go back to 2000? It's, yeah, Right, yeah, um, this millennium, but, yeah, that, that probably may be better. I mean, um, Steelers Ravens was as good as it got for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that carried the NFL rivalry wise for. Uh, I, I don't, don't know, see New England Washington years. being a good no, game. No, it's going to be terrible. Yeah, although Belichick's talking up <laughs> the Redskins, of course he is. Uh, what are you going to do tonight? You going to play this game tonight? Do you yeah. have a feeling? I'm going to play the under under first five. I've been uh, playing around with those last night. First five. Guess what the total was? Um. I don't know. Three and a half. Well, went over. Barely. I took the over and was feeling great, especially in ending into it. But well, Two uh, innings, it's three zip. Yeah, and uh, snuck over that one. But four is the number in the first five. So as I've told you, kind of off air, we've talked about this a lot, 
been something that I'm growing. I think that's going to be a big part of my baseball wagering next season. As these first five totals, I've found found a niche that I feel like I'm doing well. We'll try it again tonight. See for the best. And as term in terms of the game, I don't know. Uh, you know what? I don't care who wins. Yeah, and it's kind of the same way last night. I didn't care. I just want to see a good baseball game. We and got we that did. last night. Yes, we did. Really in got a, big, a good big baseball. way. Yeah, it was terrific. One other note before we get out of here, as the self-proclaimed uniforms are of the state of Iowa. Iowa State has come out with their new digs. They'll be wearing against TCU. Oh, I saw it on Twitter. There's no cardinal and gold at all in these, right? Black tops. Yeah. White helmets yeah. with the black and white I State stencil on top of it, mm-hmm. and white pants. I'm all for alternate uniforms. I have no problem with that. These don't do it for me. I wonder what the consensus would be at uh, Fanatic on these. Well, you also have to remember the fan base you're talking about. Uh-huh. They eat pretty much everything up right. that's served they to do them. do as they're told. Yes. yes. Very much so. So because of that, I'm sure it would be overwhelmingly yeah, positive. I bet there's some, uh, bet there's some dissent. Oh, there's dissenting voices, though. Yes. Uh, by the way, the tickets that we're giving away to see the Penn State-Iowa uh, game, they're in Section 213. So the three, uh, we've got Purdue tickets to give away. We will in a couple of weeks. They're in Section 211. And then the Minnesota tickets are Section 103, which is, I think, what did you tell me, 25-yard line? 20-25-yard line, yeah, right in that so range. So these are corner end zones. I'm not going to tell you the row because I don't want somebody making their own ticket and try to use ah, it to get it through, yeah. uh, through the turnstiles. But Still, your opportunity, KXNO.com. Go to the contest page. Thank you to our friend, Dr. Stephen Fuller, Fuller uh, Family Dental, fullerdental.net online. couple of locations in eastern Polk County, East 29th Street in Des Moines, and 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Uh, you've got until kickoff on Saturday to get the total points in that game in. Simple as that. If you're the only one, you will get two ducats to see Penn State and Iowa under the lights. KXNO.com, click the contest link. The winner will be seated and a guest seated in 213. All right, Murph and Andy are next. Fanatics, their final show of the week coming up at 4 as Cardinals will play here throughout the playoffs. Uh, tomorrow morning, the morning rush will start at 6 and then Trent and I at 2. Thanks for being here. 1460.